Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 1 tonight. It's been over two weeks since I've been with you, so refresh your mind. We are talking about the, the believer's authority. And this is our third teaching on this, and we're just going to stay on it until I feel like uh, we've run the course that we need to run. But I want to go back and kind of refresh a little bit about what God said in the book of Genesis about mankind. Now, everybody, you know, probably by now knows what Genesis means. It means beginnings. And so this is the way God began things. And how many know He didn't start something wrong? Right? How many believe the way God started it, He didn't, He wasn't just trying. He wasn't experimenting, right? Uh, he had it figured out. And so the first time he did it, he did it the right way. And so, you know, so we have to understand that, that God wasn't just trying things, you know, let's see if this works and, and so forth. But, you know, we do that sometimes, but God doesn't do that. He, he gets it right the first time. And so in Genesis 1:26, it says, And God said... Uh, well, if God said it, we need to pay attention, right? Yes. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And notice this, notice this. The, right after he says, let us make man in our image after our likeness, the next thing he says, let them have dominion. Yes. Right. Let them have dominion. Right. Praise God. Right. We're to have dominion. And he goes on to say, uh, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. All the earth. So that's Evansville. Over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Charles Capps used to say about this scripture, we got authority over creeps. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them, and he wasn't confused about that. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Praise God for that. You know, as a rule, you know, animals recognize man's dominion still to this day. Most animals, really pretty much all animals, are afraid of man. And really will only attack in, if you get them cornered and you put them in a, a compromised position or you mess with their, their babies, then they will attack. Other than that, they're going to run from you. Uh, you know, when I was out in this uh, safari, uh, we spent the night at a lodge inside the park where all the animals, I mean, it's just like a national park there, a reserve. And there's a lodge there, you know, where you can stay at. So, you know, we came and we, 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 uh, we came that during that day on Wednesday, part of the day, and did part of it. And then we spent the night and finished up the next day. And one of the things that they told us when we went into the lobby is, you know, they went, the ladies gave us a bunch of instructions. A lot of it I didn't, I didn't understand. Even though it was in English, they, the, the accent just, I just, I'm a country boy. I didn't, I didn't get it, you know. But I did get this. Do not go out of your room of the nighttime <laughs> unless you're in a lighted area because these animals come on the grounds during the night. Yeah. 
they're there because it's in their habitat. I mean, only people, human beings, are dumb enough to build a lodge right in the middle of a bunch of wild animals. And so, and when we got up in the morning, you know, it was it, very early in the morning. It wasn't even totally light yet. It's probably still dark, maybe just, you know, twilight or the breaking of the day. And there were animals out there. They were out there in front of our lodge area we were staying. They were out there on the, laying on the grass. So they came up and all. And, um, but, you know, uh, I have dominion. Amen. But I, I wasn't going to push it either. All right. <laughs> I wasn't going to put any animal in any compromised position where I had to prove to him I had dominion over him, all right? Because I'm on his property, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, and, but God gave man dominion. In, in other words, he told man, um, I don't want life ruling over you. I want you to rule over life. You should, you should have the rulership. The earth shouldn't rule over us. Life shouldn't rule over us. We should rule over life. Um, a scripture that we'll look at, perhaps later on in our teaching, not tonight, but later on, is the Bible, where the Bible says we should reign in life. And uh, it literally, the word reign there means kings. It's sometimes translated kings. So literally, you know, where the King James says that we will reign in life, you could literally say this, and it's justified by the Greek uh, language. You could literally say we shall reign as kings in life. As a matter of fact, the Amplified Bible says it that way, and it's perfectly scriptural. It's perfectly within the Greek context of the scriptures. Because that word reign, it just, you just, it just automatically means you're a king. Well, you've got to be in charge to reign. Amen? So... This idea of dominion was something God started in the beginning. It's not like something that, you know, that us faith preachers came up with to sell books and teachings and so forth. Amen. This is something that God thought of. He made us in His image. He made us in His likeness. How many believe that God has dominion? You think there's anything that has dominion over God. No. You know, the devil tried it, right? And that didn't last very long before God said, you're going to hell. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 14. Satan said, I will, I will, I will. God said, you'll go to hell. That's where you'll go. And he's not there yet, but he's on his way. Hallelujah. How many just want to be there when he gets shoved in? Yeah. I mean, not in hell, but watching it from afar, right? <laughs> Let me clarify that. Amen. Just to see, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the scripture tells us in, in the and I think it might be in Isaiah also, that same passage, but talks about that we, people will look and say, is this the man that did all this damage? This being did all this damage? You know, <clears throat> the devil always tries to make himself look bigger than he is. And he will magnify problems. He will magnify things. He will, he will, he will blow things out of proportion. And you know, I I, I remember when I was uh, young. You know, I don't know. I was probably uh, nineteen, maybe at the time, or 20, eighteen at the time. Nineteen. Uh, the movie The Exorcist. 
Now, you know, I wouldn't watch that movie today. I don't watch stuff like that, you know. Uh, but I watched that movie, and, uh, you know, I, I thought, you just got it all wrong. The man of God's got authority here. Yeah. Amen. There, there's no demon killing a man of God that knows his authority. And if you're not familiar with the movie, the demon ended up throwing the priest out the window, from what I remember, if I remember right, something like that, and killed him or something. But anyway, I know I was watching it with some grown men, and they, they, they got scared, so. <laughs> Amen. I remember my sister's boyfriend, we watched The Night Stalker together. You might have been there, Randy. And my sister had to walk him out to his car. But anyway, we have dominion. Go to Matthew chapter uh, 20, or excuse me, chapter, yeah, chapter 28, Matthew 28. I know we looked at this uh, before, but I'm just refreshing you because like I said, it's been over two weeks since I've been with you. And so I just want to remind you that we have dominion. Yeah. We have dominion. Um, and that dominion carries on in the realm of the spirit. You know, uh, that was God's uh, original creation there in Genesis. But the Bible says we're a new creation. Amen? Come on, guys. The church is something that didn't exist before. You don't think that Jesus Christ left the church without authority. I mean, think about it. God created man, gave him authority. God made a new creation. That's you and I. When we were born again, we became new creatures. He didn't send us out in the world without any authority. I mean, the gall of some preachers to think that we don't have authority. It's like, what God do? He got us born again, kicked us out in the world where the devil's the God of and didn't give us any power or authority to win? He might as well have taken us to heaven. Right? You know. So, here in Matthew chapter 28, look at this. Matthew chapter 28, uh, verse 18, Jesus said, and he came and he spake, and he said, saying, "All, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now, the word power there, um, it's, it, you know, it's really the word authority. Now, the Greek word's exousia. Uh, the word for power in the Greek is dynamis, you know, where you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's dynamis, miracle-working power. Here, it's the word authority. Now, the New King James clears that up and says, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Um, once again, why did Jesus get authority in heaven and earth? Well, he didn't do it for himself, right? He could have stayed in heaven and had all the authority he needed over the devil. At no time did did the devil ever have authority over God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They've always had authority over him. So this idea that Jesus, you know, came to get authority over the devil for himself is like, are you kidding me? He did it for us. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Come on, say amen. amen. He, he, did it, he did it for you and I so that we could have authority. So that we could reign in life. Amen. It, it, you know, if you're going to reign, how many knows? That, that, how many know? That, how many knows? How many know? There's got to be something to reign over. Amen. You know, I was talking to another minister um, here a while back, and we were talking about things and talking about, you know, tax and things like that. 
You know, and, and, and you know, sometimes people think, because I have an attack, there must be something wrong with me. But Peter said, think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you. Don't think it's strange. Don't think like, what's wrong with me? You, you, it's an opportunity for you to take dominion. Amen? And there's going to be those opportunities in life because we're, we're, not, living in a, we're not living in a redeemed world yet. Thank God we're going to get a new heaven on earth. But right now, the Bible says Satan's the god of this world. I thought Jesus defeated him. He did, but he's, so far he's, he, he's, he's left him in, in his position in the sense of he's still uh, the god of the world. Little g. His is never going to get capitalized. Amen. And so he's there. Uh, you remember the time Jesus ran into some demons and they said, Have you come to torment us before the time? See, even that, even that the, the, the devil's realm knows there's a time coming when he's going to put his foot on all the enemies, right? He's already defeated them. It's already a done deal. They're defeated. But he has not banished them to the lake of fire yet, but it's coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Won't that be a world? Amen? Now, so he said, all power, notice this, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. Now, how many know when you find a therefore, you should find out what it's there for? So he says, go ye therefore. Well, why? Because all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Therefore you go. What is he saying? I, this is just plain language. I'm giving it to you to use. Isn't that right? See, uh, you, authorities delegated. You know, I mean, uh, on your job, maybe you're given a certain amount of authority or it's delegated to you. <clears throat> I mean, you, know, you only have it because somebody gave it to you. But it, but, it, but it is yours to use. See, one thing God did, God, in, in Genesis, he put the authority in Adam. Adam gave it away. This time, he put it in a born-again, resurrected man, who is God, who can never give it away. You know what I mean? He's begotten from the dead, born again, begotten from the dead, brought up from the dead, defeated death. He can't, he, he's, he can't you know, when he was on the earth, I mean, when Jesus was on the earth, he could have sinned. He didn't, but he could have because he was tempted. You can't be tempted unless you can sin. Amen. Certain things don't tempt me. Uh, they were trying to get me on this trip to eat something I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this right, but the, the best that I can is called Matoki, Matoki, or something like that. And I said, well, what is it? And they said, it's smashed bananas. And I said, when you smash a banana, you killed it for me. I don't need to smash banana anything, you know. So, you know, you know it, it's something, I, 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 it didn't tempt me at all. And it kept, oh, this is really good. No, no, anytime I smash bananas, I'm done with them. I'm not eating it. Sorry. I love you. I love your country. But I'm not eating everything you serve. Amen. <laughs> hey, all right. Now, I, I do it nicely. Don't misunderstand me. I do it nicely. But it's just like, no, that's not happening. All right, sorry. But, you know, I wasn't tempted by that. I wasn't tempted by that. 
Amen. But other things, they tempt me. Certain foods tempt me. Certain foods don't tempt me. I'm not tempted by certain things. Certain things do. Well, in, Jesus couldn't have been tempted if, if there wasn't the possibility for him to yield to it. See, I was just telling there's no possibility I'm yielding. To you. And you can tell me how good it is and how you eat, you eat it with every meal because it is something they serve with about every meal. And I say, you know, you can tell me that, and that's fine for you, and I'm sure you love it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm not sticking a, a smashed banana in my mouth. I don't know what else is in there, but I'm not, you know. I mean, you want to peel me one and give me one, I'll eat that, but that, that's not happening, all right? So, so you, you, you understand that... that Jesus right here, when he got authority, he no, more got, he no more received authority, he no more got authority until he turned around and gave it to the church. Right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And he said, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, go to Mark chapter 16. Let's, let's see this uh, in Mark 16. We're just kind of refreshing a little bit. I hope you're getting something out of this. Mark 16, go there. <clears throat> Thank God for our authority. Praise the Lord. Mark 16. And verse 15 and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How many gospels? The good news. Yes. Proclaim it. Amen. Why? Because there's authority in proclaiming. That's where the authority comes from, see. That's what we left off talking about, how we take dominion by our words. Now, not just words we speak when we get in trouble, although that's important. You know, when trouble hits, you need to be careful about the first thing you say. Really careful, watchful. But, you know, don't build your house during a storm. Build your house in good times and say things, good things about yourself and about what, about what the Word says about you the whole, all the time. That's building your house. You'll have a whole lot less problems that way. Amen. I'm telling you, you know, we, we, you know, we all got to remember to do this. I know I have to. You have to remember, you know, uh, who we are and what we have and say it. Hallelujah. Um, he said this, verse 16, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Not everybody's going to heaven. I said, not everybody's going to heaven. All right. I wish they were, but you got to believe. Amen. You know, we had a, a, and he was a good preacher at one time. He was a word of faith, charismatic preacher that, you know, he started preaching, <clears throat> you know, uh, universalism. And he began teaching and preaching. And he said, everybody's going to heaven because Jesus paid the price. And God's not imputing their trespasses against them. So we're all going to heaven. Everybody is. Everybody's just going to go. You know, well, you know, I mean, he got rebuked for that, but he'd ever changed it. Now he's, you know, I don't know what he's doing now. Last I heard he was in a mess. But the truth of the matter is, you got to believe it. you got to receive it. It is a done deal. 
It's true. As far as God's concerned, everybody's sins are forgiven, but they have to accept it. They don't accept it. They're not going to have it. And so you have to believe. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now listen now. Listen. What signs? These signs shall follow them that believe. Well, what, who's he talking about believers? Is he talking about apostles? Is he talking about, you know, the early disciples? What's he talking about? No, he said, go into the world, the world, the world, and preach the gospel to every creature you see. You know you're a creature? Amen. <laughs> preach the gospel. And he that believes, the one that believes, will be saved. So who's he talking to that the signs will follow? Anybody that believes the gospel. Amen. This is real plain. And here's what he said. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out what? Demons. Devils, King James says. Demons. We'd have to have authority to do that. Right? I can't throw you out of your house. I don't have authority. Right? But if somebody comes in my house and acts up, I can throw them out. Well, I have authority. I have authority. Say, so get out. Amen. So, we, could, we couldn't cast out devils if we didn't have authority. They shall speak with new tongues. Thank God. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad you do that? They shall take up serpents. And I, you know, I, I think this is just talking about, this isn't talking about like some of our brethren have done in the past, you know, snake handling. You know, this is talking about having authority over the devil. He's, he's referred to as a serpent, right? If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, you couldn't do these things if you didn't have authority over all this stuff, see? So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God and went forth, and they went forth, and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following or the accompanying signs. Well, <laughs> this scripture right here, it, you know, if you just had this scripture right here, it would have to tell you the church has authority. But it comes, it comes by the Word. Yes. In other words, the words we speak. Yeah. You, you can preach the gospel to every creature, but you know you can proclaim the gospel in your own life. Right. Hallelujah. I am the healed. Right. Amen. Yeah. I tell myself that every day. Right. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still ever have to fight sickness and things? I still do, but probably a lot less. Okay, so I said I have to fight something, but it's a lot less because, you know, I'm taking dominion. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to go to Romans chapter 10. Let's go there, Romans chapter 10. Praise God for His Word. Romans, the 10th chapter. <clears throat> I know we're looking at some scripture, but I kind of want to refresh you a little bit about the fact that we have authority. Amen. Jesus didn't come to get it for Himself. He already had it. He came to get it for us. That's why He became a man. So he can get authority for man. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad I have authority. Now, in Romans chapter 10, this is, this is so good. Romans chapter 10 and verse number uh, 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So literally, we got out of the kingdom of darkness by our confession of our mouth. Now you know, even, even Jesus taught this, that you got to believe it in your heart. Right? Because, you know, I thought about this. You know, if, if I got saved in 1981, December 1981, December 20th, 1981. I got saved that, that, that day. Uh, but had you asked me it in uh, November of 81, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I would have said yes. Do you believe that he is the escape from hell and eternal punishment? I would have said yes. Do you believe he's Lord? I would have said yes. But it had no power because I didn't believe it in my heart. I just knew it in my head. You understand? Heart means I surrender to it, man. Amen. I mean, I surrender. I'm basing my entire life on this. Amen. See, you know, I, I think we just need more commitment to the things of God in the church. Amen. And, and more commitment to these things, you know. Come on. Amen. And so, uh, even though I believed it mentally, it hadn't become a reality. But once it got down in my heart, and I, I am making Jesus Lord of my life, then it had some power to it. Hallelujah. And just that, Confession. Now, however you said it, you could have said it differently. <clears throat> you know, you, you might have said, Jesus, come into my heart, save me, whatever. But that is a confession of the Lordship of Jesus. And so when you did that, hallelujah, you got translated and you got, you got delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light. You released some authority in your life. Now, how many know only you could do that? Right? I mean, I can't get saved for everybody, or I would. They have, they have to take authority themselves. Now I have. I've did this, I know at least once, no, I think twice I've done this, where I was ministering to somebody that was so incapacitated that they couldn't even speak, just barely speak at all. And I prayed that salvation prayer for them, and I said, do you agree with that? And they barely got a yes. One case was amen. Well, how many know uh, they believed it in their heart? Yes. That amen was a confession of the Lordship of Jesus. Right. Even though they might not have had the strength to say everything I was, I, you know, like we say the sinner's prayer. Maybe they didn't have the strength to say that, yet that confession got them delivered. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. See, that's how we take authority, by the words of our mouth. You know, by what we say. Now, I'm not just talking about it. I hope you get the what because this is the heart that God wanted me to get across to you in this, in this part of this teaching. And I, I was talking about this two weeks ago, is that we, get, we have an understanding. We're not just talking about just when we get in trouble and we say, oh, I'm going to make a faith confession. I'm talking about what are you saying over your life every day? 24-7, what are you saying about your life? If you're only healed when you're at church, then it's not going to work for you. If you only confess it at church, it's not going to work for you. If you only confess it when pastor's around, it's not going to work for you. 
I went to pray for a guy. Me and an elder went to pray for a guy. And um, it was in the hospital, you know, and he was, he was, he was in a, a situation where he was, he, he was going to die. And we went and prayed for him. Now, I think this guy knew, you know, about me. You know, he knew I was a faith guy, and you know, I think he was afraid I was going to jump on him, correct his confession, say anything wrong, everything wrong, everything wrong, you know. Like, man, this preacher's going to get on me. You know, which I wasn't. It, you know, I don't push anything off on anyone. I'll teach you, but if you want to talk, if you want to kill yourself with your mouth, I'll just let you do it and watch. All right. So anyway, <laughs> I walked in there, and he's in the hospital, and me and another guy go in there and pray with him. And man, he's just talking the right stuff, you know, talking the right stuff. And we walked out of there, and that this brother who was with me he said, "Man, isn't that great, man? I mean, man, he's full of faith." I said, "No, he's going to die. He didn't believe a word he said. See, when you say it and you believe it, it's got power to it. Amen. So it releases something. Praise God. You can just you can just copy." You can parrot something, but it doesn't have any power if you don't have it in your heart. You got to get it in your heart. And then you say it. I think I might have, I don't know if I told this story here someplace else. It might have been here, but regardless, I tell them over and over again. But, you know, I, I think it was Pastor Stormont. I think I did tell this, but I'm going to tell it again. Pastor Stormont talking about Brother Wigglesworth one time going to a bus station, you know, the wait, you know, terminal or waiting for the bus. And he said, this uh, English lady walks up there and her dog's following her. And she looks at that little dog, says, now you get, you need to get home. You need to go home. Mommy's going to get on the mommy. Anyway, that's what Dustin, he's daddy to the dog. Yeah. Mommy, she said, mommy can't do with you. Now that's an English way of saying, I can't mess with you right now. Mommy can't do with you. Now go home. That dog just stayed there. She said, now, go home. Mommy's leaving. Mommy can't do with you. And that dog just stayed there. Finally, she, she put her foot down and said, get! And that dog, Wigglesworth said, that dog took off running for home. He said, I looked at, Wigglesworth looked at her and said, that's the way you got to do the devil. He only, stand, he only understands bold confession. He doesn't understand weak stuff. He doesn't believe you. But you got you you to say it like you mean it, praise God. Hallelujah. It's this thing called dominion that we have. And so it's going to be this way in my life. It's not going to be any other way because God has promised me. What he's promised me, I shall have it. Amen. Amen. And so thank God for that. Hallelujah. So we we have to go back to this here in Romans. It talks about if you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. You'll be delivered. Confession's made unto salvation. Amen. Proverbs 12, 6, 12, 6 says the mouth of the upright will deliver them. Well, it did. It delivered you. Amen. You know, and, and you know, I, I, just, I just know when I got saved, I, I didn't know what happened at the time, but it, it didn't take me long to find out that I got some authority here. And I look back to the night that I got saved that I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I came home. And I went back in my bedroom, and I'm not making any of this up. You go to hell for lying. I go back in my bedroom. I know nothing about demons. I I haven't read Brother Hagin's book. I don't know who Brother Hagin is yet. I'm just like the, the, the little lady working in the Catholic bookstore. I walked in there. I think Phyllis was with me. And I said, do you have any books by Brother Hagin? She goes, no, I've never heard of Father Hagin. Well, that's kind of where I was. I never heard of him either. 
And so I, I sat down on my bed and I thought, man, I've never had peace like this. I looked up and out my window went an imp looking like creature. He went through the window. He didn't open it. He just went straight through it. He didn't break the glass. He's spirit. He just went right through it. I thought, huh, wonder what that was. That was strange. Okay. I just, but then, a few weeks later, I'm reading one of Brother Hagin's book, and he describes what sometimes they look at. I thought, well, that's exactly what I saw. When I walked in that room, that demon left. He knew his days of running with me were over with. Hallelujah. Somebody with some authority walked in the room. <laughs> Amen. And he recognized that. Praise God. I didn't know I had it, you know, but he knew I had it. Hallelujah. But it didn't take me long to find out. You have to be hungry. Sometimes I can kick Christians today and slap them, but I'm nice. Because I'm thinking, why aren't you hungry for these things any longer? What is wrong with you? Things don't work for you if you're not hungry. You're not excited about it. Yeah, well, pastor teaching on authority. That's like 977 times, 10 years he's taught on it. That's why it doesn't work. Hallelujah. You know, you just, I don't know about you. I never get tired of getting $100 bills. I've never got one. Oh, brother, not another one. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because why? They're a blessing. The more, the better. Stack them up deep and wide. Amen. You don't believe me? Offer me one tonight. I'll take one off everybody. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, that's the way the things of God are. They're so, when you understand them, they're so good, they're so rich, they're so deep. It's like, I never get tired of hearing about that. I don't get tired of hearing about I have authority. I don't get tired of hearing about my confession. I used to preach with a guy, almost every sermon he preached was Mark chapter 4. Just about every time. Am I telling the truth about it? About every sermon? I don't think he had but one sermon. Mark chapter 4. The sower sows the word. But you know what? It's good every time. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin used to say this. Matter of fact, I think I heard him say it today. I was listening to him. He said, I can start out on the Antichrist and I'll end up in faith and healing. Because that's what's in him. Amen? You know, that's not, and you know, like he has said, that's not the only thing in the Bible, but that's what's in him. And, you know, you just, I don't ever get tired of hearing about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't ever get tired of hearing about things that challenge me, like living faithful. Right. Amen. Yeah. You know, we need to be dedicated to the things of God. Right. We need to have excellence about us. Right. I was listening to Brother Ray Bench this morning. He was preaching and uh, he was talking about being on uh, a safari in South Africa. And, you know, this guy's talking about rhinos, you know, and he's in there with his wife and his mother-in-law and father-in-law, I think it was. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, he said, the, the, the guy said, now that's, that's, there's, there's been white rhinos here, you know. And so Ray's, Brother Ray's mother-in-law said, well, how do you know there's white, white, been white rhinos here? He goes over and picks up some, some poo. 
He breaks it up. He says, I can tell by what's inside. This is a white rhino that did this. <laughs> now, that guy knew his business, right? I mean, he's a man of excellence about what he's doing, right? I can just grab their, their poo and tell you what kind of rhino it is. Come on, what's wrong with you people? You should be able to do this by now. But Ray was talking about how Christians don't even know what's going on. You know? Amen. We should be doing things with excellence. Praise God. Amen. And, and, and living our lives with excellence. Amen. In other words, let's find out what God had to say about things. Amen. Hallelujah. So you got out of the kingdom of darkness by the confession of your mouth, <clears throat> why would we think we should live any different now? Why would it change? Would it seem to you, seem to you that, the, that the greatest thing that ever happened to you was to get born again? Wouldn't it seem to you that if that came that way, that everything else would come that way? Of course. God does things right the first time. Right? And he said, confession is made unto salvation. Now, you have to, you have to do a little deep, deep, deeper thinking and deeper digging because to some of our brothers that, you know, in our city and all over the world, to them salvation just means I'm going to heaven. But there's more to the word salvation than just heaven. Thank God for heaven. But there's, there, when you look at the word, it means a lot more. It means healing and health and prosperity and deliverance. Hallelujah. It means all these things. Why did Jesus Christ bear stripes on his back if he didn't want the church healed? When it says, by his stripes you're healed. Obviously, he wants the church healed. Right? Why, why did he bear the chastisement of our peace? Why was that on him if he didn't want us to have peace in our minds? Why did he do that? Why did he, why did he bear our iniquities if he didn't want us free from sin? Absolutely. Hallelujah. The good thing about grace is this. Grace not only gives you something you don't deserve. Amen. It, it not only gives you victory over sin. Amen. It keeps you free from sin. Amen. Anybody that preaches a grace message and tells you because of grace... It's all right to sin. They, have, they don't know the Father. Mark it down. I don't care how big a minister they got. Because the, John said, 1 John chapter 1, he said, This then is the message which we have received from Him, that in Him is no darkness at all. So when you know God, you know how much He hates darkness. And you'll hate it just as much. Amen. And so a lot of this... Modern day preaching. I'm sorry if I if it sounds like I just get on the soapbox about this, but we have to warn people because now we've got preachers going around saying you don't have to tithe, you don't have to go to church, you don't have to do anything. You're all under grace. It's just all okay. Those people are going to end up being being snake bitten by the devil and taken out. They will be part of the great fall, the falling away in the last days because they are being taught to sear their conscience. Amen. You know, and those people and those preachers 
you mark it down. Every one of those preachers that is preaching that message, eventually they're going to end up in sin because they're giving the devil access into their life. We should preach strong against sin, not condemning messages. People struggle. I understand that. God understands that. Paul, the apostle Paul said he did, right? But he still preached a strong message of living right. I'm not understanding what these guys are reading. But you say, well, don't read the red letters. Don't read Jesus' sayings. They're too harsh. Well, the first time you tell me that, you're done speaking into my life. He's my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to read everything he said. And I'm going to believe everything he said, and I'm going to live everything he said. So don't even go there with that. Amen. Uh, it, but then I'm thinking, don't you even read the epistles? The epistles are full of avoid this, stay away from this, flee youthful lust. Let it not even be once named among you. Amen. I mean, don't you guys read this? What do you read? You don't read the Bible. How could you preach these things? Well, it draws crowds. Well, that may be so, but I'd rather have safe folks. I'd rather have saved folks in my church or folks that are on the way to getting saved. Not people that are taught they can live rebellious and going to make heaven. Well, I got my ticket punched. <laughs> you better make sure you stay on the train. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor. I, yeah, I know. But it, it, it's stuff that needs to be said today. Maybe, not, maybe you don't need to hear it. But it certainly does need to be said because there's, there's preachers that once used to be in our camp and that we used to, uh, you know, admire that are now preaching some of this stuff. And I'm thinking, dear Lord Jesus, you, man, you didn't get that from the Bible. Anything, always remember this. I'm talking about spiritually, okay? <laughs> Let me clarify. Any kind of teaching supposedly from the Bible that makes it easier on your flesh is not from God. I started to say anything that makes it easier on your flesh is not from God, but then I thought about garage door openers, remote controls. I thought, no, I'm not going to say that. But any kind of Bible teaching that makes it easier on your flesh, mark it down, it's an error. Because the Bible's not about making it easy on your flesh. The Bible's about crucifying your flesh. That's what it's about. <laughs> My pastor, Dr. Barclay, he said that uh, one day, how many remember Dr. Lester Summerall? Anybody? Besides my wife? He was a man of God, you know. He prayed for me one night, and man, he rattled me. He had a way of praying for me. Be blessed! And you're thinking, I don't have a choice. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, he said to Dr. Berkeley, he said, I want to ask you a question. He says, uh, any, anybody laugh when you preach? Dr. Berkeley said, well, a few. He said, uh, anybody shout? He said, well, a few. He said, uh, anybody cry? He said, well, yeah, a few, yeah, occasionally. He said, anybody get mad? He said, well, that happens quite often, Dr. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> 
<laughs> Dr. Sharma looked at him and said, that's good preaching, son. That's good preaching. Amen. See, the Word won't just make you feel good. The Word will adjust you. I'm closing. I have, I have, I have a friend years ago. He's, he, was, he, he may still be. I don't know. I haven't seen him in years. But he was a chiropractor. You know. I never got a chiropractor in my life, you know. But we were out doing something, stopped by his uh, office, you know. And so I'd never been to one in my life. I didn't, I didn't know, you know. And he, uh, he said, lay down there on that table. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust your neck. I'm thinking, there ain't nothing wrong with my neck. No, no, no. He said, I want to do this. Uh, okay. And, I mean, he got my head like that. He's got it loose like that, you know. And I said, <laughs> I mean, it popped. And, you know, at first you thought, oh, my gosh, he's ripped my head off, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord, he's broke my neck. You know, because that was the original. I'm like, whoa, you're not supposed to hear those kind of noises when you turn your head. But, you know, you get up and think, well, that feels pretty good. He adjusted something in there, you know. He fixed something that wasn't aligned right. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, uh, that's the way the word is. You know, when you first hear it, sometimes it might jerk you a little bit. You're like, what happened? But once you, once you submit to it, you feel good and think, oh, man, that did something for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for his word. Hallelujah. Thank God we have authority. I said, thank God we have authority. I'm so excited about it. I'm 40 years into this. I learned this about 40 years ago. I'm still excited about it. I'm still stirred about it. I'm still glad I have it. Amen. I'm still learning. And the only reason it doesn't work, let, let me rephrase this. One of the reasons it doesn't work in our lives, and I'm talking about me personally, when it doesn't is because I'm just too lazy to take it. I just let the devil do what he wants to and I don't say anything. You have to speak out. I said you have to speak out. Amen. You got to be like that little English lady did to that dog. Get! And you got to mean it. Amen. And you got to stand. And having done all, stand. Speaking of standing, stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Praise God. Aren't you glad for the word tonight? Praise God for his word. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.